Hello, welcome to the Gab and Jules show. No Gab Marcotti again today. So look who's with me, Dan Hutchinson. The tracksuit top I know, man. The hoodies together. Yeah. What weekend of football we had? We had the FA Cup, of course. We had the French Cup. We had La Liga, Serie A, which was an amazing weekend yes. of Italian football. Still no football in Germany, but as you know, they take their time in their winter break. They love their winter break. <laughs> Um, but only one place to start really is at the Etihad between Manchester City and Chelsea in the uh, in the FA Cup. We talk about all the rest, of course, after. But we have to start and first praise the winners, of course, yes. Manchester City four 0 winners, pretty easy in the end. Cruised to victory, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely cruised to it. They are flying. I don't think they're playing as well as what they did probably eighteen months ago, but they're efficient. But I think the big story, Jules, is how poor Chelsea oh were. Oh, my God. Like, it's incredible, the turnaround and the drop-off. I was there uh, for ESPN. We have, obviously, the coverage. Uh, and I saw the lineups, the two lineups. So, De Bruyne on the bench, yeah. Alan on the bench, Gundogan on the bench, Stones on the bench. Like, you, go, you go through Cancelo on the bench, you go, yeah. like, the, the bench for City was obscene. Yeah. But you think, OK, well... You know, Chelsea can come here. Everton took a point in the league. Yeah. Brentford won before the World Cup yeah. in a very similar style of play. Maybe that, maybe, maybe for Chelsea, there's uh, a, there's a sniff. Yeah, but you think when you see the lineups, there was just nothing in the performance done. No, no desire. No, no, they were not aggressive. They, 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 there was no fighting. There was just no structure on the ball, off the ball. They didn't touch the ball yeah. in the city box in the whole first half. Not, a t- not even a touch, see, see, not a flick in the box, nothing. See, this is, this is my gripe when I listen to radio stations and I, and I listen to people say, Chelsea need a striker, Chelsea need a striker. And I'm going, they've had strikers. <laughs> they're, a, they're a possession-based side. If you can't make Lukaku work and you can't make Aubameyang work, strikers are probably making runs thinking, you're just keeping the ball from side to side. The patterns of play yeah. are slow, they're predictable. You go in side to side, there's nothing really happening. Forwards are thinking, I can't get any touches of the ball. I think, I think more so, I think it's, it's the drop-off in... I think the culture at the football club where 2010 you had people like SCN and Balak and Terry and the list goes on and on yeah. and on, Peter Cech, and they were a hard team, a ruthless team to play against. I think if you're a team now facing Chelsea, you can't wait to play against them. There's a soft underbelly. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a soft team. Yeah, you know, Kai Havertz, I'll give, I'll give him a little bit more time because he's not a number nine, he's a number 10. But people like Ziyech, um, Christian Pulisic, Aubameyang, mm. you know, weak Players yeah. that are only interested when they've got the ball at their feet, not closing down. So the whole, the whole culture and the whole style at Chelsea is so far beyond what they used to be 10 years ago or 12 years ago. Yeah, I mean, so the 10th in the Premier League, which we've discussed before, closer to the bottom team than to Arsenal and City at the top. They're out of the FA Cup now, out of the League Cup. I mean, to be fair, both by City. Yeah. They were both, so, OK, I get yeah, that. There's a little bit of context. There. Yeah, still. Being there yesterday and before I was, I was OK with Potter giving you a bit more time. Yesterday, for the first time done, I thought, okay, the guy's out of his depth now. Was it a little bit toxic? It was, it was toxic with the fans, and we mentioned it when we prepared the show, yeah. that they sang Abramovich's name, they sang Tuchel's name. That doesn't help. When Chelsea had a, like a shot in the second half, or Mario Hutchinson, one of the younger, yeah. young kids, like had an off-target attempt, they sang saying, we had a shot, we had a shot. That's <laughs> I was not- like, oh my God. That, that's when you know. You know, when, you know when it's toxic inside of a ground, that's bad enough. But when it starts turning to humour, yeah. that's the sort of worst that's part because true. fans are just thinking, like, we are terrible. The only thing we can do now is take the mickey out of ourselves. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what they did. And I'm, and I'm gutted because I was one of them that said about the Graham Potter appointment, good, I'm glad that he's got yeah, a chance. Me too. He deserves the chance. Me too. But I expected so much more. 
But do you think that maybe then the, the, the jump between Brighton and Chelsea, like the jumps for Moyes between Everton and United off, or for Could others, be. was just too big? Could be. Sometimes the jump can be too big. Um, I would say that he looks like an intelligent guy to me and looks like a guy that can handle players. I'm not seeing it on the pitch. I mean, what we would say and we have to stress is they've got so many injuries. That yeah, yeah, doesn't true. help Graham That's Potter. True. That's true. But then still, you flip the coin and you go, well, this is the same squad that Thomas Tuchel won the Champions League with. So he was getting a tune out of his players because they were hard to beat. They, they yeah. pressed from the front. Firstly, Thomas Tuchel done was saying, right, we're going to be, I'm going to build a team that no one wants to play against. Then all of a sudden the fans are on board with that going, yeah, that's us. But we're nasty. We'll be Chelsea. We'll yeah. be hard to beat. We'll be horrible. And then you get all the clean sheets along the way. Graham Potter comes in. I don't know what their style is, apart from being nice, being pretty. Yeah. But, but like, that was Brighton's like way. That was Brighton's way. That's what Chelsea's exactly. way. Exactly. Chelsea have been ruthless for years. But that's Managers what... have been sacked within six months for not getting results. But that's what I mean in the sense that he could be out of his debt because, because I don't see the, the fighting in him. I don't see the ego yeah. to succeed at clubs like that. And if you go down the list, I mean, okay, Carlo is the exception maybe because... Because Carlo is so nice. Yeah. But all the others, you have to have that edge in, within you. Have that ego. Yeah. Play, and play be ruthless is, yourself. Potter uh, is not ruthless. I always, I always, it's only my opinion. I always think that players play better when they've got a manager that's got authority. So yeah, look yeah. at Man United. You know, shambles with Ralph Ranić. All of yeah. a sudden, a proper manager comes yeah. in. Yeah. A ruthless exactly. manager that exactly. won the chess battle with Ronaldo. Find Marcus Rashford or dropped him last week for a game because he slept in. Yeah. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. But he wins battles. And then the younger players in that dressing room thinking, he's the guy for him. We can't mess around. I'm not so sure that's the oh, culture at Chelsea. And I'm worried for Graham Potter not. because it's an experienced dressing room with quite a lot of power. Yeah. And the first thing he's got to do, which was the, which was the, which was harmed Jody Morris and Frank Lampard. Once you yeah. get on the wrong side of some individuals in that dressing room, they can take the power away from the manager. Yeah, you're right. So let's let's continue the, the chat about Chelsea and, and Potter Don because uh, it's fascinating because you think, okay, everybody's saying like, okay, the pressure is mounting now, which yep. is true. How long, how long will he get? How much more time will they give him? One, we don't know because they're new owners, Burley and Eggbally, and they've never been in this position. They've never owned a, like a no. football club like that before. It's a very different mindset to a US sport franchise. But there will be a point where their, their club, where they spent already £250 million in the summer, mm. can't get humiliated like this week no. in and week out. So you go a to... A mile away from the top four. Yeah. And you go to Forest and you're dreadful and you only get a point. Yeah. That's a humiliation in itself. Yes. You lose to City at Stamford Bridge in the, in the league, 1-0, where yeah. you kind of made them They were okay for 45 Okay, maybe, but this is like, you can't have another one like that. So they go to Fulham on Thursday in the Premier League. Yes. And then it's Liverpool away at the weekend. I think something like that. Or maybe Liverpool is the game after, but there's... there's well, Fulham's like, the one. Fulham's the immediate yeah. game, isn't it? Yeah. If they, if lost they lose there, that derby. I mean, massive pressure. And that's the thing with, 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 the, with the culture when Abramovich was the, you know, the owner. You know, by this point in time, he would probably have made a decision on Graham Potter. He yeah. probably would have 15 games in. It's not working. I need to make a change. We're sitting in 10th, dumped out the cum competitions. We need to see a change. I'm going to be ruthless. I made the appointment. I got it wrong. Let's do it. It's, it's going to cost me money, but so be it, because I, I, I want Chelsea to do well, and I want what's best for the football club. With the new owners and the model that they've got, which is absolutely commendable and fine, yeah. they don't want to be a, a sacking uh, culture. They don't want to have a sacking culture at the club, so they're going to try and give Graham Potter time, which I think... 
sitting here right now, I think it's the right thing to do. Well, how long yeah. can that go on for when Chelsea fans, are, you know, as I said, they're sitting in 10th. They're nowhere near winning a Premier League. They're at the cup competitions. They're not even close to getting into the top four. Yeah, that's they, the thing as well. That's the thing. So there's, yeah. so many, there's so many variables. You're thinking the owners at some point have got a big decision to make. Yeah, definitely. And so they play so Fulham and then Palace at home uh, you know, on the Sunday. It's like two big... I mean, you've got to win them two yeah. games. Chelsea Football and Club... And then there will be Liverpool. Chelsea Football Club have to be beaten Fulham... Palace. Yes, exactly. That, that's exactly. That, that's that's yeah. where they're at. That's where the club's been at for but twenty is, odd years. This is a Chelsea team with, I think, seven defeats in the last nine or yeah. something crazy yeah. like that. You know, yeah. competitions. And where I was yesterday, so yesterday, his team selection. So you would have said one of the players that did the best against City in the league on Thursday was Carney Chukumenka. Yeah, done really young well. players, but yeah. hit the post, and you could see when he came on, there was something about him. You bench him. Yeah. Really? You bench you you bench him one four of, days later. One of the players that made an impact. I I could not I promise you don't. I saw the lineup and as we mentioned before, City with a B team and Chelsea with a lot of injuries, so also a B team for them. But why not using the kind of little positives that you had from that league defeats yeah. at home in a game like this? I mean you understand it if it's Thiago Silva who's thirty eight yeah, and he yeah. can't play a couple of games inside four or five days. That's that's Completely. understandable. But a young player young player you're chomping at the bit to play. And Chuck Womeka, who'd done really well in the City game yeah. previous, he'd have been banging on the door thinking, well, he wouldn't have been banging on the door because he's thinking, oh, I'm starting the next game against City. I played that well, I'm going to be starting. Exactly. And what kind of message you... do you even send to him That's and to it. the rest of the dressing room? That's it. The, 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 even, even the experienced players who are sitting on the treatment table are having conversations because that's how we work. Yeah. You know, Footballers can be nightmares at times. When you're not fit and you're not playing, you're at the side, you don't fancy the manager, we can be a nightmare, we can moan, we can groan. But young players have got the appetite to want to play. And he would have been probably first name on the team sheet because he'd done so well and he's Brilliant, got the personality man. and he's got the legs and the energy. You know, Conor Gallagher just, came on in the first game. He ran yeah. around like a headless chicken, yeah, put completely. some tackles in and the crowd fed off him. Yeah. That's, that's basic stuff. Yeah. Conor Gallagher, by the way, who played right wing back after the break <laughs> because they went to a back five. And then Weird. it's so many things. But even, even still, I thought, okay, the lineup is not what I would have gone for yeah. if I was the, the Chelsea manager. Let's see the tactics. And then they play the high line and, but the problem, as you know, Highland, I've got no problem. As long as you press the press ball, like, the ball, I, yeah. you know. Well, that's, which that's, that's the basic in football. You can only have a high line. So I don't know if you the remember ball. the Cole Palmer chance and Nil-Nil still in the first half. But Laporte has all the time in the world to just pick the pass over yeah. for Palmer to run in behind and then he should cross the ball for Alvarez and it was a tap-in. There's the warning sign. And you just think like, what are you doing? But off the ball, Chelsea were dreadful. One of the worst I've seen from one of the top, top teams. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, so then I'm thinking, Don, okay, why are they working on a training? What are they if doing? If off the board, you can't even do the basics right. Why are they the, doing the, the, the base, Or maybe the players don't believe anymore. Or the, have, they, have they ever believed in it? It might be all of the above. It might be everything that you've just said. But the basics are, when you're pressing a team, is to try and get the distances correct. So that's where you have the high yeah. line. Then the midfield players, all the distances are shorter for them to close down. So not exactly. sprinting 30, 40 yards. Then the front men have got 10 yards to press. And then you go and use the energy of the players on the pitch, the crowd, and everyone gets up for it. But yeah. to, to try and play a high line with no pressure on the ball, it's suicidal. It's completely it's, crazy. It's, it's the worst thing you can do as is, is a, is a coach, a manager, or a player on the pitch. It's a nightmare because a team like City will just spot it. They'll problem solve within five, ten minutes and go, okay, you're playing a high line, no pressure. Ball's over the top then. <laughs> Until then you go deep and then all of a sudden they've got all the joy in midfield yeah. now wide. Which they did. And then obviously the, the first goal happens because... That structure of the ball that we mentioned, they get done the ball to Alvarez, to Maris, it's a foul, it's the, the free kick is amazing, but still, 
the penalty, I mean, I don't know what Kyle Havertz is doing. And then the third goal... You can't legislate for that. No. And then the third goal, Gallagher is just not intelligent enough, I think, for me to see what Jorginho is doing and how he's covering the half space. And then the ball goes from left to right and it's too late. And you're thinking like... like do, you, do you think it's like a mis, mismatch of different players and different completely. managers and, a, and, a, and a, obviously a, 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 a treatment table that's full at the moment. So you haven't got the experience and the, the wisdom and the know-how and you, you, you're mixing it all, but there's no yeah. plan, there's no structure, there's no plan. But then we go back to why did you not sack Tuchel in the summer got Potter in the summer while the transfer window was open before the season started instead of waiting those like 100 days of Weird. let's see what's happening and then we don't, we don't dig him so let's sack him because then you could have got players that are more suited to Potter or players even that yeah. Potter likes or wants or whatever instead like now he's in with a squad where there's clearly players that he doesn't want and to the, the, the trouble now for a manager like Graham Potter when he's sitting there with his coaching staff and the analysis when they're looking at everything they're probably thinking we could do we're letting about six or seven first team players go. They're not good enough. It's not what I want. Yeah. You can't do it, Jules. It's impossible. No, you can't because those... because you're you're sitting in tenth. Yeah, exactly. You need them. You need replacements but... before you move those players on. He hasn't got time for no. that. And if you look at Arteta, it took him eighteen months to take the whole overall of his squad. So I think right now there's only three players who were there when he took over or two years yeah. ago, some, something like that. Yeah. But Chelsea can't. Chelsea don't have the time. The time. Don't have he hasn't months. got the time, and he even less. He doesn't have the time. I just, I just don't know where they go. Aubameyang, I guess, is epitomizing. Is that yeah, yeah. something like that? Yeah. The whole issue is because yeah. he was not even on the bench on Sunday, not because he was injured, but clearly because he was dropped by Potter after Potter brought him on and then took him off after an hour against City in the league. Didn't do a thing. Like. I but mean, that's, even that is an embarrassment it's just the for Chelsea. Cul- the culture there, Jules, it's, it's weak. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you can mention the John Terrys and the Peter Checks and the Balaks and the, the Lampards and Drogbas and the list goes on and on. Yeah, and the on. characters. And that, yeah. But personalities to say, like, listen, we're in a bad moment. We're not playing well. But what we will do is we'll fight and we'll graft and we'll make sure at the back we keep a clean sheet. And we'll work from there. And if it's a nil-nil, it's a nil-nil. We're not going to get spanked and we're not going to be open. Yeah. I look at a Chelsea side now, and I think it was not just under Grand Potter, to be fair. It was happening under Thomas Tuchel. That's why I got the sack. Where the culture now is a little bit like, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to try and play football like Man City. And we're not going to press, though, the way Man City do. And the individuals there, I don't think, are suited to being the way Abramovich and Chelsea fans have seen over the last decade mm-hmm. or so. You know, Christian Pulisic, these, all these players... Are talented players, yeah, don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong. They're talented players because they play for their countries and they play for Chelsea. They play in the Premier League. They're talented. But off the ball, Christian Pulisic, weak. Yeah. Bamiang off the ball, weak. Yeah, yeah. Ziyech, started the World Cup, off the ball, weak. Yeah. You can't carry players. And I think there's a lack of leadership as well, Dan. Really. I mean, the, I would say the one leader, the one leader, you can correct me if I'm wrong, the one leader that they've got is Thiago Silva But Thiago Silva is a... Is a He's a technical leader and he's a... By example. Yeah, but that's all. He's not the one... So where's the leaders? There's none. Koulibaly's come in and I watched a lot of him at Napoli. Yeah. I know he's not, I'm not, I know he's not a leader in no, terms no, of pulling people around him, but he's a giant. But I know, but a... you must think right now, he's like, what have I done by coming here? And Napoli could win the league. Yeah, but which gets me to the point like, okay, if you're Enzo Fernandez now, right? Yeah. Or if you're, I don't know, another player that Chelsea... Let's say Declan Rice. Yeah, would you go to Chelsea, really? Not With the now. uncertainty over the future of the manager, because we don't know, where half of that squad could be gone, yep. where you might not have Champions League football for, for, for a bit of time now. Yep. 
And and suddenly that that's not appealing surely to a player of the level and the talent of Declan Rice or Enzo Fernandez yeah. or whoever Bellingham else. Or whoever, yeah. yeah. It's not. It's uh, pl- players players do their homework. And players follow all the teams across Europe and they follow them closely. And if you're analysing the move to Chelsea, the size of the contract's one thing. Yeah. So that could sway you into thinking, oh, that's that, that yeah, I fancy that. You know, salary might triple, whatever. So that's yeah, yeah. Um, financially secure. But where am I playing? Playing for a team that's sitting in tenth. Yeah. Well, I'm better than that. If you're Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice, yeah, exactly. You know, the, the list goes on. Um, so the knock-on effect from where Chelsea are sitting in the league with the poor form and the eight defeats in nine, whatever it is, is a team that's getting nowhere near Champions League football. Yeah. So they've got to make sure they turn it around in a hurry. Otherwise, Graham Potter's not going to be there yeah. at the end of the season. So that it, it could spiral into to getting worse before it gets better. Yeah, no. I mean, we heard Pep Guardiola at the end like saying, oh, I would tell... Todd Brady to give him to give but him. He, he always says the right yeah, thing. Yeah, and Pep would not say like, "Yes, yeah, sack him now. Nah, he's rubbish." You no, know? that's all like. Um, but it was a good day in the end for City, who didn't even have to bring on Haaland, Gundogan, <laughs> or De Bruyne. Uh, the fans really enjoyed it. Um, you know, being there, we saw an amazing goal by Riyad Mahrez. And when Mahrez plays like this, he's, he's, just... he, he's the one player, Jules, and I say it. He's got Velcro on his boots, hasn't he? Yeah. His touch is just so like so silky, so soft, so smooth. Like when he's on it, I don't know how you defend against him because he's got every trick. He's got the step over. He's got the left foot if you show him inside. He's got the chop to the byline. When he's on his game, he's unplayable. He's, it was so good to see. And then I love the penalties in the way. So just. For the, for the listeners who haven't seen, first penalty, ref has to check VAR for the handball. And from where we were sat, we could see Mares quite, quite well. And as the referee is watching the VR screen, Alvarez comes to see Mares and clearly says, oh, if it's a pen, do you mind if I take it? Yeah. Because Mares is the number one taker. Yeah. And I can see, and I know Maria so well, <clears throat> I can see Mares going like, Okay, yeah, okay. And Mahrez, we said after the game, like, you know, he was his first game back from the World Cup. He's a striker. He's good for his confidence. So yeah. I thought, okay, I'll give it to him. Yeah. So he gives it to Alvarez, which I think is a class move. Alvarez scores, great. Then the second penalty, yeah, in the second half, and I can see Foden asking Mahrez, no, oh, can I take it? And take I, advantage I, of again, him. Again, I know my, my, my Mahrez so well. And I was thinking, like, there's no way he's going to give away a second one. And yeah. Mahrez goes like, Nah, 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 this time. And he takes it and he scores it. They're trying to take Which advantage I can understand. of him. And when I saw Riyad after the game, I said, did you, what did you want to do with Foden? And he goes, ah, oh, you know, I wanted to give it to him. But I said, I can't give away another one, God. like in the same game. No, so, fair play to him. Yeah, you, know, you can't. They're trying to take advantage of him. City have uh, the League Cup game against Southampton in, in midweek now, before the derby, the derby. against United on, on Saturday, I think yeah. it is. Old Trafford. They still in every competition. They can still win everything. They have an incredible depth. As we said, the bench was obscene on Sunday. How? Where you said they may be not playing as well, and it's true, Cancelo is not yeah. even a guarantee starter anymore. Yeah. Um, the big. The, the, where do you see the the next like few weeks and few months? Now? Oh, I see City steaming on, and I and I and I think over the years when they've played Chelsea, Chelsea's normally been a good opponent for them. They normally. Not not necessarily tear Chelsea apart, but they do it in the performance. Yeah. And I see uh-huh. now after the back of the four nil and the one nil, I expect now the city for them to kick on and get the wins in the Premier League. And they might turn the deficit Arsenal sitting top, they might they might turn that number around pretty quickly. And you could be looking at a city side by the start of Feb, could be sitting top again by a point yeah, or two. Because yeah, yeah. that's what they do. They're ruthless. So the yeah. test is for Arsenal. But the way I mean, the big the big debate I was getting asked this week was about has Haaland made City better? 
And it's a good debate to have. I yeah. mean, everything inside me turns around and says it's a ridiculous debate because the guy's a monster. He's a, he's a gold machine. Mm. But it's interesting, the debate, because I think it's getting skewed a little bit by people looking at City thinking, well, they're not flowing like they were. They don't beat teams seven, eights and nines. They're quite efficient and they might be over-reliant on Haaland. I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but yeah. I get it. I get the argument. But City... Um, before last week, were only two points down on where they were this time last year. It's Arsenal, that's the story. They're 17 points up from where they were on last year. So that's what skewed that sort yeah. of argument. So I expect, I expect City now, with all of the guys that you mentioned who've been rested now, to kick on and go through to the next round of the Cup. I expect them, even if it's, it's at Old Trafford, I expect them to beat Man United. And then you might see City just going on a run of... Nine, ten games on B. Yeah. That's what no, they do. Yeah, we see. Uh, we see. It'd be very interesting to see how they do in the next few weeks, and especially in those two games mm. to come, and the derby, I guess, against Ten Hag and United. Just before you go, I know you were commentating on the FA Cup on Saturday afternoon. Yes. I listened to you on the radio, and you were wearing your uh, gilet, heated gilet, yes. which, I by the way, I, I thought you were tougher than that. That's all where I'm well, going to say. Well, I, I, I will say, Jules, I will say, and I will admit it, coming down from Newcastle. <laughs> 20 odd years ago to live in London <laughs> has made me soft. Ah, it's made me incredibly soft. I was only kidding. Ro- I love to hear the ETG there. The know. rookie era, though. The rookie era. So yeah. it was my debut wearing it. I got yeah. it for Christmas. So I was yeah. at Gillingham. Yeah, against yeah. Leicester. Freezing cold. Yeah, I, mean, I, I felt you, sorry for the Leicester fans. Yeah, yeah. There was no roof on the, on the stand behind the goal and they were freezing. And we were having a little bit of fun with the heat of Gilet, just as me and you are. And I got to half time and I thought, this Gilet is rubbish. <laughs> it's not working. And I took my top off. I had it set to cool. Oh, I had the blue man. button on. I had the blue button on instead of the red button. So I was like trying to hit it, trying to get to oh, red. It would work next week. It, it work worked in the second half. It was boiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it worked. I'm glad it worked. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, enough. Match the City and Chelsea. What about some quickies, Don? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Big game in Serie A. We said it before. Milan had to win against Roma to stay five points behind Napoli. And they were 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go, Don. And then... Honestly, call, ah! poli- call the Polizia. There was a robbery in San Siro. <laughs> there was an absolute How? robbery. But, but you know that Roma, the only thing they're good at is set pieces. Yes. Scoring on set pieces. So, so you knew that. So the approach to the game from Roma, uh, Salvatore Fotti was in charge because Jose was suspended for the yeah. game. So they went, 11 was amazing. The starting 11, you know, right, Dybala yeah. and Zaniolo and Abraham and Pellegrini. So he went quite strong in terms of the personnel. But minute one, Roma back off yeah. and say to Milan in San Siro, you can have the ball. So fast forward to 20 minutes, they sat off, 
you could have the ball, embarrassing from Roma, yeah, get to 30 that. minutes, 1-0 down. Yeah. 45, same scenario. So I expected the, the coach to make a change in terms of their aggression, their attitude in the second half. 46 minutes, just one minute into the second half, defensive, right, nothing, offered Crazy, nothing. Man. Fast forward to 70 minutes, 2-0 down. Milan cruising, cat, closing the gap on yeah, Napoli. Yeah. All of a sudden... Nothing really happened, but there was, a, there, was a, there, was a, there was an incident where Roma got a corner. Only thing they'd really done in the game was yeah. set plays. They got a corner. Abanier scores on 87 minutes. Still thinking it might be twitchy, might be nervy for Milan. But still, you would have, I would, I would have expected... I mean, I knew the score when I, I watched the game after, so yeah. not live. So I knew the final score. But I still thought, OK, if you go 2-1 down, if you're Milan, but you momentum, should know how to run it, to, you, to, to, to sort of like you run should, the clock. You, yeah, you should do. But it's a weird thing, momentum in football. The momentum went against them because at 2-0, yeah, they no, were true, cruising yeah. on 86. 87 has got to 2-1. So you're thinking, right... You know, five minutes, six, seven minutes of injury time. They should have enough if they can get back on the ball. Yeah. Roma just launched it. They launched it in the box. They somehow got a wide free kick, which it was a free kick. And they put a delivery in. Matic, one of the substitutes, got ahead. A goalkeeper made the save. Abraham scored from one yard in like seconds to go. <sighs> so it was like Milan not managing the game. But it was, it was not really any fault of Milan. It was just the momentum shifted completely sure, away from them. Remember the Salernitana game yeah. the week before where yeah. they were 2-0 up and then he went back to 2-1 at yeah. the 83rd or 84th yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the end was a little bit rocky. But Roma, honestly, just Roma were so horrendous. Bad. They can't. They could not do three passes together they were for awful. the first run for the whole game. For the whole game, for 86 minutes. They were, their, their approach and their style, Abraham never got a kick. Zaniolo got taken off. He never got a kick. Dybala struggled in the game. He looked a little bit heavy. Um, but they were they were terrible. Their approach and closing down was was awful. And as I said, it was an absolute robbery. Yeah. And you know what? Before the game, Thiago Pinto, the sporting director, who's obviously very close to Mourinho, which I, I get, they also said, like, listen, our, our performances with the ball, our style, we'll have yeah. to improve in the second half of the season. Well, you know, good luck because Bologna were better than them yeah. last week. And Milan, like, were better than them. The, this, as you said, the point was a smash and grab. It was, I don't know, it was crazy. I mean, I mean, before you even get into the finances, the, the, there's a finance report that was published last week about Roma. And they lost, I think, 220 yeah. million euro in COVID. Last year, they lost about 219. I know, man. They need Champions so, League badly. And Jose's going to moan. His contract's up in 18 months' time. He's yeah. going to want a brand new contract. They've got players on big salaries. Yes. And they missed an opportunity last... I say missed, they got a point. In my mind, I still lost the game because we're terrible. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah, got man. a point, so they go a little bit closer to Inter, yeah, who in fourth. Yeah. But the performance was no, no. so worrying and so bad. Yeah, that has to improve. It was horrendous. <laughs> uh, huge game in La Liga duels between yeah. Atletico Madrid and Barcelona. How did that yeah, go? Yeah, I mean... Start with it was not a great game overall. Like technically, the first half hour especially so bad, and and Barca didn't play well. They won. Usman Dembele scored. They didn't have many. They didn't create much. They didn't do. It was very like unlike Barca. You know, if you think about Barca yeah, and the yeah, way yeah. they play, forget about that. It was just grifting the win, which they did, and yeah. maybe that's good from them. And Atleti took a while to get into the game and to play better, but then they were they were better in the second half. They had chances. Griezmann could have leveled in the 94th minute, but Arojo made a, to be fair, really, really good uh, mm-hmm. kind of block or deflection. And in the end, while I expected it to be, and again, I watched it knowing the score, knowing the result before. Yeah. But 
I just I was excited by the game before, and in the end, I was just like, well, just, okay, with, that, with no Lewandowski for yeah, yeah, no Lewandowski for for Barca, and apart from the Pedri move on the goal and the Gavi pass into Dembele, that was pretty much it that they did. Mm. That was that was so and, so, and the, good. so the positive for Barca is just taking the three yeah. points on the road. Yeah, exactly, Atletico, and then because Madrid lost the day before, then you get that three points gap, and yeah. this is good psychologically, but footballing wise, mm-hmm. they were not good at all. Not good at all. Back to the FA Cup, Don, and Liverpool got away with one against Wolves on Saturday night with a 2-2 draw in the end. Yeah. But I watched this one. I watched it unfold and it was like... That third goal for Wolves that was disallowed uh, from the AR. But even the Salah goal. I mean, the Salah goal, the law is ridiculous. You know, Salah, so Salah is offside, but because the Wolves defender... Totti. Yeah, Totti deflects the ball by trying to play it. So, so so yeah. So when 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 the VAR got paused, when the when the ball was played through to Mo Salah, who was standing two ball, yards yeah. offside, that then, as we know, as is you know, lads that watch the game and play the game, and it has an impact on Totti because he knows that Salah yeah. standing behind him. So there's no way in a million years Totti's going to say, "I let this ball go to Mo Salah." Because he's offside, yeah. never going to do it. Because there might be someone who's playing him on, then you look a fool, right? Yeah. So you've got to try and win the ball. Then the law is: is he attempts to play the ball, he then plays Mo Salah onside. Yeah. It's a ri- it, it's a ridiculous law. But Liverpool was so complacent. I mean, the mistake from Allison was coming. Yeah, you know that wasn't the case of Wolves pressing him, which is bad technique. Matip was guilty about 15 minutes earlier. Yeah. You know, making a mistake as well. And then somehow they got themselves two one up, and you think, right, what Liverpool got? Wolves' second half were amazing. Yeah. They pressed them. Their energy was good. They took the game. Lopetegui's tactics were really smart. Yeah, but again, the VAR decision that cost Wolves the potential win was just bizarre because there wasn't a definitive camera angle for the TV That's to what show there was an offside. So we have to sort of trust it. So they had to go with what the linesman said, which he flagged offside. Because, yeah. because they've got the angle, but just not shown to TV. Yeah, but Lopetegui says that on the, you know, the, the really wide camera that you yeah. use for the tactics. Yeah. That Wolves could see that Nunez is that Mateus Nunez was well onside apparently, which is which is crazy. It's crazy. Because... Especially with the, the technology in you yeah. know the twenty first century we're in I to know, have an to have an offside goal chalked off when you actually if you're in the ground or at home yeah. you can't actually see it. It's nuts. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Absolutely. And Mateus Nunez, by the way, who's one of the Liverpool targets, maybe not for now because I don't think again they have the money or mm-hmm. they might not have the money, but for the summer when he came on, really like this. Energy. If you play him in the double pivot, he's so good. Yeah, good player. He's so good. He's so press resistant. Debut for Cody Gabko. Played well. Yeah, played well on the left-hand side. Yeah. I mean, I maybe I was too hard. I expected even more than what we saw. Yeah. But it's the first that's, game. That's, that's, a, a, fan, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a fan's point of view, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. New signing. Want him to be on fire. I know. And I was just like, okay, yeah, he's going to like smash it. And then he as, needs as, a bit of time. As players, you go, I yeah. can't make too many mistakes. Yes, yes. I, I'll, I'll, I'll do my thing. Let me let me ease into this Liverpool shirt. First game, and obviously first game at Anfield. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think could... his debut was a solid yeah, seven and a half out of ten. There's uh, yeah. some good bits in it where you think him and Robbo could have a really good relationship yeah, down that side. That, that's um, true. Yeah, so just defensively again. Yeah, the midfielder Liverpool, man. Sorry, Henderson, Thiago. Do you know, do you know I, was chat- I was chatting to a, a mate last night who's a Liverpool fan? And he's going like, what do you think? And I was going, the weird thing is, when you look at Liverpool, correct me if I'm wrong, when you look at the back five... So, Alisson, Robbo, Konate, Van Dijk, Trent. There's not a better back five in Europe, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I hear you. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I don't no, think there no, is. Yeah, Even yeah, at City, yeah. I don't think there's a better back five than that. Yeah. And then you look at the front options that Liverpool have got. When they're all fit, there's not a better front five or six than what Liverpool have got. So, the process of el- elimination is the midfield. Yeah. 
But that's why I can't believe they haven't strengthened it. Or strengthen is the wrong word, even like change it in the last three or two transfer windows, even by like, what, Arta is the only midfielder that they, I mean, I mean, how bad was that of a decision? That was terrible. I mean, they're missing Van Alden like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've but had time to replace him. When did Van Alden leave? A couple of years ago. Exactly. So you, you, you know, you, you had plenty of time. Van Alden was out of contract. So you could, even before that, you could have to, okay, he, he will leave on a free. Yeah. We kind of know that. Yeah, yeah. Who do we bring in to replace him? You're right. The only thing I would say in defensive Klopp is you haven't got a crystal ball. So when you look at what you've got and you go, yeah, yeah. Thiago, Fabinho was at the top of his game. Yeah, true. Right? Okay. Hendo at the time on top of his game. You know, winning Champions League, winning Premier League, domestic double last season. You might be thinking, that's the least of our problems. It's all right having foresight and a crystal ball, but you don't, you don't foresee that Fabinho is going to be nowhere near the player that he was. Because yeah, he's nowhere yeah, near yeah. the player. Yeah, but he's also like that because Thiago and Henderson are way below their level, so especially now Henderson off the board. So now it's panic stations and now you've got to make sure you don't just panic. Yeah. You've yeah. got to make no, sure, no, no. you know, even if you can try and do all the work behind the scenes, yeah. speaking to Jude Bellingham's mom and dad, yeah. speaking to Dortmund, speaking to the player, trying to be cute and try and offer maybe a navigator to Dortmund, whatever you yeah, see yeah, fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've got to make sure they don't just panic. I mean, I've seen Amber about it at the World Cup. We had a brilliant World Cup for Morocco. Hasn't been that good for Fiorentina for 18 months. Yeah, yeah. So you can't just panic and look at these players thinking, that's the one I need. Yeah, that's yeah, no, make sure you get the right one. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Let's have more quickies done now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Jules, what's going on in the uh, Real Madrid against Villarreal game? Bit of a backstory, bit of history made. Yeah, history made and Saturday to forget for Real Madrid because they lost to start with against a very good Villarreal team, Kiki Setien. You can see what what they're doing. They were intense. They played really well, creating chances. And then just Real was just a bit off it. You know, they came back thanks to a penalty that was, I thought, a bit... Generous. generous. And then Villarreal got a generous one as well, too, from a Nalaba and ball. But in the end, I think Villarreal deserves to win. And history was made because for the first time ever in 121-year history, Real Madrid fielding a starting eleven with no Spanish wow. players. No Spanish-born players, which is incredible That's for pretty- an, inst- an institution like them. Yeah, yeah it's That's pretty big, huh? Yeah. One of the biggest upsets of the weekend in the FA Cup here in England, Don, was Tivenez win. Aston Villa. <laughs> what? The magic. Incredible. Unbel- I mean, Unai Emery. In League Two, so four division. Yeah, but Unai Emery picked a strong side. Yeah. Picked a really strong side. I mean, it, I mean, that's why we love the FA Cup. It's like, 
Yeah, I was at Gillingham versus Leicester, and Gillingham at home, windy conditions, they can give a Premier League team a good game. They lost 1-0, but the Stevenish performance was like they got the ball down, they played well, they, yeah. their tactics were good. Villa never really got going in the game, but his giant killings go. I mean, it's what a result. It's crazy, man. I mean, Steve, Steve Evans done a magnificent job there. I know, I know. Such, wonderful. such a big win. Yeah, big, big win. Um, an emotional game in Genoa. Uh, a miracle for the struggler Sampdoria against Napoli. Yeah, no miracle is clear because Napoli won and pretty easily Sampdoria struggling. Uh, they're in the bottom three, but it was very emotional, as we mentioned before, for Gianluca Vialli and Sinisa Mihalovic, yeah. the tributes there. Uh, Mihalovic's children were there, like holding his shirt Amazing. on the page. The, the Sampdoria owner was like crying. And yeah. the, the, the tribute from the fans for them too was just incredible. As you said, Viali, a Sampdoria legend, of course, winning the only Scudetto with, with Mancini in the, at the end of the 80s and it's beginning the of the 90s. Stadium of, it's only, only Italian stadium I ever played in when I was at Liverpool. Played really? At, played at Marassi. Oh, against man. Genoa wow. and Branco scored yeah, one of the free yeah, yeah. kicks of a lifetime but it's oh. an amazing little ground it made oh, an atmosphere crazy Plus, so. I guess it was unbelievably emotional yeah I think I think everybody probably wanted some to win just for Gianluca uh, in the end Napoli were too strong and as we said before they go back to seven points clear at the top so a good weekend for Napoli for sure another Premier League team that is out of the FA Cup Don is Nottingham Forest who were destroyed by Blackpool proper like, destroyed proper bad proper destroyed wow I mean losing four I mean, I, I guess it's I guess it's because it's a cup competition. The result won't put Steve Cooper under any pressure. Yeah, and I guess the Premier League still is the priority. For Definitely, I, I, but still, you yeah. want to try and go deep into a into a cup competition. The worry is how flaky they were, yeah. and I think the worry for Steve Cooper, even though he made a lot of changes, because it's just a bonkers. Uh, club anyway in terms of bringing 23 players in and trying to make that work I'll never understand yeah. that philosophy from the off how you try and keep that many players happy but it proves to Steve Cooper that some of the signings that were either brought in from himself or brought in from above yeah. are not good enough yeah. so a lot of the a lot of the players that played against Blackpool would have played their way out of any future yeah. Forest team going forward because they were abysmal yeah, as you they said they got absolutely really bad. they were awful uh, so Juve's incredible run, Jules, continues. Now, this is a Juve side yeah. who I reckon two, three months ago, I got asked the question, are they at the race for the top four? And I said, absolutely, got no chance. I so agree. they can't win the league then. No, yeah. they're 16 points behind. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Now they've just gone eight wins on the spin In and the eight clean sheets Incredible. on the spin. Five of those eight wins, one nil. Yes. This is what they do. Not playing well. No. Very often a late goal. Again, like this one from Danilo. Uh, but, but they, they do it. And I think it's the biggest, one of the most unexpected U-turn that we've seen this season. Because, like you said, we could not have seen it coming at all. Don, Newcastle will be able to focus on the Premier League now because no. they're out of the FA Cup after they defeat at Sheffield Wednesday from the third division, League One, Sheffield Wednesday. No, Jules, no. My biggest You're not happy. Bear. Well, I'm not happy because my biggest bugbear is when managers make so many changes like Eddie Howe did. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he picked a side which he thought would have beat Sheffield Wednesday. But then you drop some of your, you rest some of your big players, yeah. like Almiron, like Bruno, like Trippier. And then all of a sudden, it's panic stations in the yeah. second half. You've got to bring them on. So I always think, like, play your strong side, get two or three and up if you can. Take the players off and rest them for a midweek game, a cup yeah. competition that they've got against Leicester. Yeah. But all of a sudden now, you've been dumped out of the cup when... when the momentum has all been with Newcastle all season. Now it just knocks them slightly because you can't go any further in this cup competition in a competition where the fans are loving life in the Premier League and the Carabao Cup and to go deep into a FA Cup 
you know, it would have been amazing for them. But now, you know, they've not had won a cup for an awful long time. It was like it was like a bit of a big loss. Yeah. It was a shame. I agree. Chef Wed deserved that win. And for the momentum win. as well. We've said, you know, the, that, that unbeaten run in the Premier League. Because what, then... what happens now if they lose against Leicester in the Carabao Cup? Yeah. Double blow. Then what happens when they come back and play in the Premier League? If they yeah. lost the Premier League game, then all of a sudden you go... Which is Leeds, is it Leeds at home? I think, the, is it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Leeds yeah. and James's. Then all of a sudden you go, well, it all started when they lost against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it just puts that, that little negative spin on it. Yeah, no, you're right. So, you're right. Jules, tell us about Warren Zaire Emery. Oh, man, this is my boy, Paris born and bred. Oh, I got a new boy PhD, now, have you? Of course. You got a new one. 16 and nine months, he became the youngest ever player to start a game for PSG at the weekend in the, the French FA Cup. I know, 16. He was, he's just, he's a what midfielder. Like box to box, but he can play as a holding. He's big, tall, strong, mature. I mean, he looks like he's 25. So I'm guessing he'll be like thin and wiry, yeah, but he's going to grow. And so strong. But even, but he's, he's, he's quite muscular already. He's he? strong. He's technically gifted right foot, left foot. You can't tell. You watch the game, you don't tell me is your right, is right footed or see, left footed. I can, I can see oh, love man, in them I eyes. I love him so. I can see love and already. You know what? I, I think he should have started earlier in the season. Yeah. I didn't, I, and I was quite critical of Galtier not to have started Zaire Emery earlier. He did it, and that was a game in, in the cup against the third division team, and he did really well, which we expected him to be. Yeah. And now PSG are saying, you know what, we're not going to recruit in midfield because he's the future for us. He signed a new longer longer contract What's his this nationality? week. French. French. And I mean, if everything, if he doesn't do anything stupid, which I don't think, he looks like he's got a good head on his shoulders yeah. and good entourage. He's one. For the top, wow. top, top, incredible. So talent. he's your boy now, is he? Yeah, oh, yeah. So Killian, course, Killian gone. No, no, Killian is still Killian. But just remember the name, Warren yeah. Zaire Emery, because the talent is incredible. Burnley, who top of the championship, of course, under Vincent Company, they now also have knocked Bournemouth out of the FA Cup. Flying, Man, flying, good to win. The transformation has been incredible. The turnaround in their style. Yeah, you know, since the managers come through the door, since companies come through the door, Sean Dyche did an amazing job for for many a year. But he was quite stubborn in his sort of style. Hard working, grafting, uh, makes you hard to beat. Well, I watch Burnley now and they're such a good side to watch. Yeah. They're open, um, they play good football, they move the ball quickly, they get wide players in good areas, they score goals, they create lots so of chances. Good. They're just a completely different side to watch. Yeah. And they've knocked Bournemouth out. We'll put, that result will put Gary O'Neill under a bit of pressure. Mm. I think it's six losses, I think, out of yeah. eight, I think, in all competitions. Yeah. Um, so that's a blow for them, but a great win for, for yeah, Burnley. Amazing and company. Yeah. Terrific performance. Yeah, yeah. Terrible weekend for Nice in the French Cup. Oh, man. I mean, they were bad in the league already. I think they're 12th, really far from the ambition and objective that they had at the start of the season. And now they lost to Le Puy, which is the team in the third division, in the, in the bottom three as well, in the third division. So not even like a team, you know, like that plays like a championship team, if you yeah. want. They, they're struggling in the third division and yet they beat Nice quite easily to be fair it was one of those wow. big upsets that we love the magic of the cup everything you want but from if you're Lucien Favre who's already under pressure those players who are clearly not responding to him I mean Favre was deflated after that, at that performance Don, it was, they were so so bad and now if you're Ineos the owners if yeah. you're Sergio Radcliffe one of the richest men in the world yeah. and you put quite a lot of money and of your time in there this looked bad. It looked really bad. Woodbeck Horse is wanted by Manchester United and we believe it's pretty close to, um, to happen as well. Does that make sense to you? I'm torn on this one because he's obviously a talented player, but his record at Burnley wasn't good. I think two goals yeah. in about 18, 19 games weren't great. Good for the national side. Um, but I think he'll be a squad player. 
Um, speaking to different journalists who are in and around Manchester tell me that they've obviously got no money, yeah. about a billion pound in debt, and anything they potentially sign in this w- window is going to eat into the summer window. So the budget's going to be small. So I wouldn't imagine um, it's going to be a massive transfer in terms of the fee. No. Um, they're going to have to sort something out with Burnley, obviously, because that's his parent club. Um, but as, a, as an option goes, I think it's a decent one. I don't think it'll set the world on a light. I don't no. think it'll set the terraces. Ten Hag will be getting a decent player in. But I don't know about you. I don't think... The, the profile of player is what Man United have been looking for, I think, a few years ago when they got Ronaldo in yeah, at 35-36. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, there was one or two players that came in. Uh, Agallo came yeah, in. Gallo, yeah. Another Similar. one. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a good squad player, but I'm not sure it's going to be the future. Mm. I don't know about you. Yeah. I don't know. And again, if, if they don't have the money to invest, and January is a difficult month to, you know, to invest someone on someone good, really, and they feel they can't continue like they need some, like you said, the they body. need a body. Yeah, that, that's maybe. the worry, because I think, when you, in, in my opinion, when I watch Man United this season, who have been brilliant this season after the shaky start, Rashford's in incredible form. Yeah, yeah. But I honestly think if you take Rashford out of Man United's team through suspension or injury, I don't know where they're going to score goals. Martial's never convinced yeah, me. Yeah, he's a player yeah. in there, but he's never convincing. So that's the worry. So it makes sense getting the body in, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. number nine position. Yeah, let's see how he does. So Scott Parker's back in uh, hey, management. Yeah, Bruges. Yeah. In Bruges, in strange, Belgium. Strange turnaround. Very strange. I mean, he's going to play Champions League because obviously they played Benfica Amazing. in the last 16. So I guess that's appealing, but... He admitted, admitted himself that he knew nothing about either Bruges or Belgian football, <laughs> which always, don't, just don't, don't say, say it. it. Just, you know, black your way out of the question. I don't know. So let's see. I mean, his first game was at the weekend against Genk, who are the leaders, and they got smashed and, like, properly overplayed. Uh, like, outplayed, sorry. So we see. I mean, we see. I would not have gone for him if I was Bruges. Yeah, strange. But, but they liked his energy during his interviews and maybe... I the mean, same guy that said Bournemouth were a terrible, worst squad that, that they've know, had for years. Know, quite negative. And like the thing is, if he doesn't know much about Belgian football, Bruges are expected to win the league every year. They're, yeah. you know, they're the United, if you want, of, of Belgian domestic football. Yeah. So, man, good luck to him. You know, I don't know. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Didier Deschamps' contract as the France head coach has been renewed this weekend until 2026. Don, I mean... It's- it's not about technicality or whatever. It's just my question, I guess, would be, do you think that's a long time? So it would, it would be 14 years in charge because he took over in 2020. Flew by that, by the way. I didn't yeah, realize yeah, it true. Was... And he's had results. So yeah. I guess when you win, are you close to winning? Then, then you're always right. Yeah. But does it feel like, would it feel a long time for you as a national team head coach, 14 years? Uh, for him, it might feel like a long time. Um, people might be obsessed with the amount of time in the 14 years, but obviously the turnaround of players, it's not the same players that have listened to him for 14 years. Turnaround of players happens every three or four years, so it'll be different eyes, different ears. I think it makes sense because of where French football is in terms yeah. of the national side. You know, world champions before they lost against Argentina. It was the path that they were on. And I still think that if I watched that game again with a different approach from France, maybe the flu epidemic 
was a massive yeah, problem yeah. for them in one or two. But I still think if I watched those teams play through the World Cup and they got to a final again, I still think France win that seven times out of ten. It was a mystery to yeah, me how I watched yeah. a French team who couldn't get started until about the hour mark, 70 yeah, yeah. minutes. Yeah. It was astonishing. So being reigning champions before that, going into the Euros, the job that he's done, all feels quite positive to me. It doesn't feel like a manager like Gareth Southgate who might be under pressure. I think it's the same scenario when you look at Southgate and look at Deschamps. The path is on the right way. Yeah. Both managers are performing well. No need to make a change? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think the debate which is on back home, which I can understand... There's some who say, like, the guy is winning, why would we change? Which is the fair enough point, which is the point that you're making. Yeah, no problem. Others are saying that it's too long and that, in a way, the national team feels a little bit like like a prisoner to Deschamps because Deschamps can do whatever he wants. Him and Legret, who is the head of the French FA, which is our next question after that, like, kind of hold the national team a bit hostage in a way right. because it's too long. It should not belong to the same person for that long. Yeah. The beauty of a national team is you get different managers with dif- different head coaches with different ideas. If he had not... So may- may- maybe it would so have been best... So would have come on, for example. Come but, in. May- but maybe it would have been best giving him the shorter contract till so, the Euros, maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's what people... People don't really understand the extra two years. So 20, 2024 to 2026. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. So talk about the head of the French... FA, yeah. he's caused a storm, hasn't oh he? Oh, my God. So what happened is yesterday he came on French radio, RMC, and was asked about Deschamps, and he said, and then was asked about Zidane, who is a contender for the Brazil job. We mentioned it before on mm-hmm. previous shows. And then it's just, I mean, Le Grey just lost it and goes like, I don't care. Basically, like to paraphrase it a little bit, he said, I could not give a monkey what Zidane does. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I don't care. And like so disrespectful, aggressive. aggressive and completely disrespectful, despising towards Zidane. And I'm like, okay, one, you're the French FA, you represent French football here. Yeah, you yeah. cannot talk about one of our legends in no. that way. Why that sort of negativity and, and like anger at Zidane for no reason? Zidane didn't attack him before. Just, just, just play the game. Just say, yeah, we respect Zidane. We, you know, just you be know, nice. Yeah, be he, because I mean, Zidane said that he won the job at some point. But Zidane never criticised Le Gret, never criticised Deschamps, never criticised the institution, the national team. And then you, you attack him like that? It's bonkers. For me, Le Gret has to go now. He's under contract wow. as the head of the French Affair until 2024. He has to go now. This was... It's not the first time that he caused controversy with things that he said. Right. You know, he said... The, the most classic one is like, there's no racism in football. I mean, like, even after that, he should have gone. Yeah. Now, this is too much. Mbappé... Uh, like he backed, responded on backed yeah, Cizu, didn't he responded on Twitter saying like you don't disrespect Zidane yeah. like that Zidane yeah. is a legend he's French he's, he's France absolutely the sports minister said the same and demanded an apology from Le Grey that we still by the time we record this I haven't seen it but yeah. still hasn't come like he has to go messy, now so it's he messy, has to go come on yeah. this is this That's this is good. outrageous this is good. disrespectful and disgraceful completely from the guides and we learned this weekend as well uh, Don that Zidane re- rejected sorry an approach from the US FA mm-hmm. for Greg Berhalter's job as the head of the uh, as the head coach for the US national men team job yeah. if you were Zidane if you were a coach that a coach of that caliber like without a club, you yeah. know, without a national team, would you have said yes or no to uh, to the US? Depends what he thinks other projects might be coming. Got linked with Brazil the week before, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, true. He before before Deschamps signed his new deal, he might have been hoping he was yeah, going to get the he French was, job. For sure, but now that one's out the out the window. It's a job that would appeal to me. 
yeah. the American job. I think I think the next World Cup is at home. Exactly. You've got a good young talent. Exactly. Squad. So you you'll have momentum being one of the one of the hosts. Um, the, the positivity and the spin that someone like Zidane could put on it. Um, because you're watching American football, especially the, the national side, where it's improving. Yeah. Um, I see good young players playing for them. As you said, they're at home, so you you, you could have that momentum. Um, I think it would have made Zidane think. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think the language was uh, about, uh, the language buyer was an issue here, right? Because he's always said, even when he when United were interested in him, he said like, I need to speak the language. You know, my a lot of my management is a bad man management. Yeah. Uh, so his English is not that great? No, he doesn't speak English really? at all. Yeah, no, it surprises me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no English at all. So I think that was maybe an issue. And I think no offense to the US, which, as you said, I think potentially a great project. Yeah. I don't think he wants a, a project to, to, to make it grow. Right. I think he wants something already. He can like, finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can understand why he said no. Right, Jules. Um, I'm coming back <laughs> when I die. Right, I'm coming back as Roberto Martinez's agent. <laughs> I know you know what's happening. Well, it looks like well, certainly he seems to be the front runner for the Portugal job, uh, the head coach of this Portugal, very talented. But when, squad. They, but when they interviewed Roberto Martinez, did no one from the Portuguese FA turn around and say, <laughs> "How did you not get Belgium?" <laughs> All right, you got similar to, kind how, of. How yeah. did you not get them to be in world champions or European champion? Okay, yeah. What happened there, Roberto? What happened? Know. No, they seem to have been impressed with him. Uh, I mean, if you were him, you would be obviously keen on the definitely job for sure. I mean, who wouldn't? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's more like you're right from the Portugal point of view. You're like, so I think in the brief they want a they, they want a winner to take this squad to the next level. Like you know, so like the ball went. Well, that hurts. Like, Hang on. So that's so a no. FA Cup with Wigan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check. And Euros. No. World Cup. No. Nations no. League. No. no. You've got know. the job. <laughs> I mean, we love Roberto. It's this oh, he's, like, he's amazing. We to Roberto. Yeah. We like him. We know him well. And good luck to him if he gets the job. Definitely. But yeah, again, I mean, we've said with all the talented coaches that are produced by Portugal, to go for Roberto Martinez might surprise a few. But hey, again, if that happens, then good luck good to luck Portugal to and good luck to Roberto. Yeah, we're only teasing. Yeah. Don, we lost Gianluca Vialli on Friday at the age of 58. He was a fantastic player and a, and a mm. great man, someone that you, you knew when. Yeah, I've worked with him um, a couple of times and when you're in his company, it's, it's just joyous because yeah. he's got a massive smile, a big heart and he's one of these infectious guys that just gets the room alive. I can remember falling in love though with Italian football when I was about 13, 14 yeah. and he was at Samp at the time with Mancini and they won the Scudetto um, and I fell in love with him. He was like, a, and then when he went to Juve, he was like this, because I loved Serie A and I loved, loved Italian football. It was one of the first guys, I think, when you look at movie stars and you look at people like Steve McQueen and Paul Newman, Clint yeah. Eastwood, like, you know, stylish, cool, like, iconic. He was, to me, like, one of these footballers that I'd yeah. seen. Because you, you, you didn't, I didn't see, like, Maradonas and the Pelés yeah, because they weren't on TV mean. a lot. Yeah, yeah. So when I was tuning into Serie A when I was 13, 14, watching him play, it was like, this guy's guy is so cool. He's so <laughs> elegant. And then you meet him and you work with him and it's like, he just is. Yeah. Like, he carries himself well. I know, like, you I could put you. me in the most expensive suit in the world <laughs> and I wouldn't carry it off. But if you put Gianluca Vialli in a bin bag, he I would know, look like amazing. I know. Well, and he'd light up the room. Yeah. Incredible. 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 What a sad, yeah. loss. It was sad the, loss. It was very, very, very quickly. It was very nice at uh, San Siro last night. They, they had a, a minute's applause for him. Yeah. Um, in San Siro, Milan against Roma. 
and for Mihailovic as well, yeah, who we lost yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, um, through Christmas too. time as well. So it was a nice little tribute. But I, I guess when I was watching that game, I was thinking of people like Ray Wilkins, yeah. who played for Milan. And yeah. I was thinking of Gianluca Vialli and Mihailovic. And I'm thinking upstairs somewhere with Maradona and Pelé, uh, and they're going to have in Cruyff. Yeah. They're going to have a good kick around yeah, and a glass exactly. of red wine. And the Chelsea tribute as well at the City game was, was yeah, beautiful. Pretty too. special. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, amazing scenes. Um, in the French Cup this weekend, Jules. Yeah, we had one of those big, you know, magic of the the, F, the, the French Cup, the French FA Cup, um, fairy tale story if you want, giant killer with a team from the uh, the sixth division uh, called Strasbourg Konigshofen. So, like, you know, really sixth division beating Clermont from from Ligue 1. So five di- five yeah. divisions in between. Only the sixth team in history from the sixth division to progress and and you know win a win a win a cup round like this. Brilliant, brilliant from them uh, and. And now they face another league in Angers in the next round, so you can just imagine the party. So well done to uh, oh, to the Minos. I know that's why we love the, the cup so much. I guess in England, in France, everywhere. Yeah. By the way, Don, thank you so much for coming. That's all we have time for it. today. It was brilliant. Thank you very much again. We'll be back on Thursday with a new edition of the Gab and Jewel Show, and Gab will be back for that one after the longest holidays ever. And like Where he always he? says, I know. In the meantime, until Thursday. Love the game, love yourself and love your neighbor or something like that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 